0: Hello, and welcome to Pager's Peculiar Podcast, the podcast where I, your host, Pager Dash, and talk about various stories idea- story ideas I've gotten. My hopes is that I inspire others and just entertain you. Today, we are discussing an idea that I've had for a while now. So, something that, if you didn't know about me, um... Something that I do is I create characters and then I make alternate universe versions of them. So I have Grape, who's a magical skeleton with brown hair. Um, I took her original universe and basically turned it into a horror universe. And so what that led me was an entire horror AU where everything's creepy. In fact, Horror, can- horror Grape, her name is Cancer, she is... Her character idea is solely based off of cannibalism. Not just cannibalism, but she's eternally hungry. She loves to eat. She'll eat anyone or thing. And, yeah, so that introduces Kanzler. Um, now, Grape... Grape is actually, she gets married to a man named Cadmus, who is also a magical skeleton. He has blonde short hair. It's kind of messy. And so, what ends up happening is they have a daughter. So, so I should explain Cadmus first, my bad, sorry. Um, Horror Cadmus, he's related, like his story is related to Krampus, because Krampus and Cadmus sound similar, right? Well, so... I've decided to name his horror version Cradmus, because you know, you get Krampus and Cadmus, you got Cradmus. And basically, what ends up happening is they both have a daughter. Kansler and Cradmus, Grape and Cadmus. Um, Grape and Cadmus's daughter, her name is Melanie, spelled Melon I.E. And. Her horror vision, vision. (laughs) Her horror version's name is Melon. Melon's whole thing is that she's like her mother. She likes to eat a lot. Her favorite food is watermelon because the juice reminds her of the blood of the innocent. By the way, uh, this specific story idea, I don't know necessarily if it's for the faint of heart. I mean, I don't dwell on all of the violent stuff too much, like, graphic stuff, you uh, stuff, um, but, yeah, sorry, I should've put that in the disclaimer. Oh, sorry, I'm all over the place. Um, and so they have a daughter. Now, Grape has another daughter who we don't really, like, Grape doesn't accept her as a daughter, and her daughter doesn't accept her as a mother. And so what ends up happening is we get Shatton. Shatton is Grape's daughter, but they are 16 years apart. Um, because Grape's best friend Dash died when she was young, and so she wanted to bring her friend back, and ended up bringing Shatton into creation. And now Shatton is known kind of as her daughter, but both of them deny having any relations other than the fact that Shatton hates Grape, and Grape hates Shatton. That's where they... Swear they leave it, but of course, we know otherwise. Um, and so, Shatton ends up marrying Cadmus's old childhood friend, Enzo. Now, the horror version of Shatton's name is Shock. Shock is the person or the thing that makes the lights flicker. In scary stories. It's the thing that jams up the radio waves so people can't call for help or 911. And if they do call 911, she's the person on the other end dismissing it as, oh, you're just making up this story to prank us. Yeah, so that's Shock. Enzo, I haven't really figured out a legend for Enzo. Uh, er, sorry, Enzo's name is Locus in the horror AU. I haven't figured out a story yet for him. Um, I I hope that I do because I don't really like the name Locus for him. Uh, yeah. If anybody has any ideas, uh, please let me know. If he here's some basis. He um original Enzo is the darkness of the multiverse. Uh, he's basically the king of darkness, the king of villains. Anyways, um. But yeah, so we got Locus, Shock. Uh oh yeah, they have a do- so. Shat and, and Enzo also have a daughter named Marley. Their sh- Locus and Shock's daughter. Her name is Mars. Yeah, they love their daughter very much. It's kind of cute. Um. Anyways, and so yeah, let's get this started. Well, actually, there's one more character. So, Grape has a brother whose name is Nick. Nick is a scientific man. He loves science. He majors in chemistry. Or, but I, I'm i sorry, I'm not good at college degrees. And so, the horror version of him. There's a legend in Germany about the Black Forest. That there's a tall, tall man named De Grossmann. Uh, he is basically, if he finds out that any children are bad, unless the child goes and confesses what they've done to their parents, he will take the child, and if if kill them, eat them, I don't know, there's this whole thing. Basically, I've taken that story and translated it to, oh yeah, this dude just, like, child wanders through the forest, oh, eaten, boom, done. Um, yeah, so... Again, I'm sorry for the for, for like the faint heart. I'm just, yeah, okay. Anyways. And so what and yeah, that's that's literally horror Nick's name, just De Grossman. Oh no, just Grossman. Or Grossman, I don't. Grossman, we'll say that. Um so yeah, let's dive right into the story. We start off our story, we open to Melanie and Marley, the new darkness and lightness of the multiverse. They took their fathers places because, frankly, their fathers were getting old and uh, their old bones just couldn't do the work they could, they used to. So Melanie and Marley are fighting and they're duking it out, as my friend and I like to say. And while they're doing that, a portal opens next to them and they end up falling through it. Basically, Marley pushes Melanie through it, and Melanie instinctively just grabs Marley and they both fall through it. And the portal closes right behind them. And Melanie and Marley get up and they look, they don't even really look around and they start fighting. But Marley takes a glance at the place and she stops both of them, including herself. And she's like, "Wait, I don't, I don't recognize this place. What is this place?" And that's when she, she starts to worry. She's like, "Wait, if I don't know this place, that means Melanie definitely doesn't know this place." And, and actually, the whole point of this place gives off a very scary vibe. It's, it's not pleasing. It's basically a forest, and if anything, a snowy forest, but there were areas where it was kind of dark, but it almost looked like there was something in the snow. And Marley kind of, she noticed this, but she left it alone, because she didn't want to find out. Um, She had heard of places like this before, where there was just blood strewn everywhere, and she just, she didn't want to find out. She didn't want to find out if it was just dirt, or if it was something much worse. And so she looks at Melanie, and Melanie's just kind of looking around. She's like, what is this place? And Marley's like, I have no idea, but if we don't know, then we can't get out. That's how our magic works. We're supposed to be able to imagine this place and give it a name. And then we're supposed to be able to imagine us being in a different place with a name. And if we don't know the name, then we can't get out. And so Melanie's like, okay, so we should ask around. And Marley's like, Yeah, but you know me, I don't, that's, it doesn't sound like a good idea here because I could tell something's off about this place. And Melanie's like, Oh, okay, then let's try and go find somebody or thing. And so they start walking off. And so what they don't know, they just wandered into Grossman's forest. Grossman is a tall, tall man with a very long, long scarf. This man is 20 feet tall. And his scarf goes from his neck to being draped on the floor a little bit. Like, it literally is too long for him, and he is 20 feet tall. And so he's kind of- he, he's hungry. He hasn't had dinner yet. He's- uh, he t- 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 dang kids. I mean, they've been more- they- Kids don't really go outside anymore these days, much less walk into a forest. Stupid top ten scaries. Jk, I love you guys. Um, and he's just kind of, you know, sitting around, stomach's kind of grumbling. He's like, oh, I want something to eat so bad. And he looks around and he sees these two girls. He's like, oh, somebody decided to wander into my forest after all. By the way, they're all skeletons, but they can eat each other. I mean, who cares? Um, uh, you probably do, sorry. Um, and so he kind of starts to creep up to them. That's when Marley stops. She's like, wait, somebody's watching us. They're following us. Something. And so she looks around, and right as soon as she turns, she grabs Melanie by the arm and just pulls her starting to run. She's like, no, we gotta go. And so that's when the like Grossman just like pops out and just starts chasing the two. They try like they try going in between trees and around trees and all this stuff. But keep in mind this man is the size of a two-story house. That means he can traverse anywhere. He could jump over like he could just step over logs, step over large rocks, like the whole shindig. He can do. And so, they start to- They're like, okay, what do we do? We can s- just, just run in a straight line and hope this man doesn't outrun us because of how big he is. And so, they're just bolting. Eventually, they make it out to this clearing. And they get, like, halfway through the clearing. And then they re- They hear- Grossman says he stops at the foot of the forest, he's like, no, I can't leave. Uh, this is my forest, I know where I'm supposed to be. And so he just walks back in and they stop for a second and they're like, what just happened? And so they keep looking around because they're like, obviously this is the only safe place because we're out of the forest and they see a village off in the distance and they're like, okay, let's try the village, maybe somebody's there who can help us. And so they go to this village. And they notice that it's like a ghost town. Nobody's outside of their houses or stores or nothing. There's nobody around. And so Melanie's kind of worried about this. And Marley's kind of skeptical. She's like, no, there's no way. No way that nobody's here. And so she's looking around and she sees a kid a kid who, like, in a window is, like, poking their head out, trying to, like, look at the two. And she sees the kid, and she stares at the kid for a second, and then the kid looks back and is talking to someone. Probably his mother. And then he gets shooed away from the window, and like, the curtain is pulled together where he had been peeking in. And she's like, Melanie something's up something's not right people are hiding and so Melanie's like what and right as soon as she turns to keep talking to, Mar- to Marley Marley gets swept up and put in the sack just like picked up plucked up just in the sack now and so the deal with this sack that she's been put in is right as soon as somebody is in it they fall into a deep sleep and they don't wake up for a very long time, even after they've been removed from the sack. And so, Melanie just kind of freaks out for a moment, she's like, who are you? Because the man just picked her up and put her in his sack, he's like, oh, my name's Miss. You look quite- you look kind of like my daughter. Uh. Anyways, bye! And then just runs off, and Melanie starts freaking out, she's like, who is this guy? He looked like my dad. He sounded like my dad, but- who- what? And so Melanie doesn't know what to do. She's just kind of standing there at a loss. And so people start coming out again. They're avoiding Melanie, but they come out again. And so it starts to continue to, like, the village starts to bustle again. And so Melanie's just lost. She doesn't know what to do. Her cousin just got taken. And so when the villagers start moving about and, you know, continuing their day... Shock and Locust, they have to come to the village to, like, you know, get some groceries or whatever. Not, like, people don't exactly like them, but I mean, like, they don't hurt the people, so the people are just kind of like, okay, fine, do what your business is and just go. Um, and so they see Melanie and they're like, melon? Which is the horror version of Melanie. And she's like, what? Melan? I mean, I'm Melanie, Melanie, I-E what? And so they're like, wait, you aren't Melon. What? And so they end up bringing Melanie home with them and asking her what's wrong, and she explains to them that this version of her dad just sweats Marley up, and she doesn't know where Marley is now, and she doesn't even know if she can trust her own alternate universe variation of her dad. And it's... they... explained to her that, like, okay, that was Cradmas. He Yes, he's the horror version of your dad. You're saying he put her in a sack? And she's like, yeah, just, whoop, there she is in the sack now! I do, it all happened so fast, I don't know what happened. Almost, kind of. I mean, I can explain it to you. And so they, they explained to her that, like, once someone is put in the bag, they don't wake up, even after being taken out of the sack, unless the sack's, like, holder is like, okay, you can wake up. And so, they then have to crack down this plan where it's like, okay, how do we get his sack without him noticing, and then trick him to get Marley out? And while all of this is happening, we flash over to Cadmus and Mar—Cradmus. My bad. Sorry. Cradmus and Marley. Cradmus is talking to Marley. He's like, "Yeah, it's it's the anniversary today. Haven't gotten an anniversary present. But I feel like you'd make a nice present. I feel a lot of n- naughty vibes from you." And Marley's like, "Excuse me?" He's like, "Yeah, naughty children. You're a naughty kid. Yeah." And she's like, "I am 27." He's like. "'You still live in your childhood house, therefore you are considered a child.'" And she's like, "'It makes no sense.'" And he's like, "'You make no sense.'" "'Anyways, my wife is supposed to be here soon. "'It's our anniversary. I'll be back.'" And so, of course, I'm sorry, I should have explained this when I started this, but... Marley's in a dream, and so Cradmus is able to go into those dreams and talk to her. And so he just did that, and he leaves her you know Kanzler's about to be home and he says like well she he just leaves her there and she's like I don't know what to do so she just decides to sleep in her own dream um and so you know Kanzler comes home back from doing whatever um uh, no I don't even know like she could have been playing smash with someone or like doing something else And so, what ends up, she comes home and she's like, hey Kradmas, and Kradmas is like, hi Kanzler, How is your day? And Kradmas is like, oh, no, sorry, Kanzler was like, oh, it was good. And he's like, oh, okay, I have a present for you for our anniversary. Kanzler's like, oh, what is it? He pulls Marley out of the sack and he's like, dinner! Because you know they eat kids, anyways. Um, Well, K- Kanzler doesn't particularly like kids. She much prefers a grown person over a child because they have more nutrients and there's more to eat. And yeah, okay, I'll stop. And so he pulls out this kid. She pull. He pulls out Marley, and Kanzler's like, "Honey, uh, I- so." you know my boss Vine, right? And he's like, yeah, I know Vine. And he's, she continues, she's like, well, her boss is Enzo. And he's like, yeah, I remember Enzo. An interesting guy. And then she continues, she's like, this is Enzo's daughter. This is my boss's boss's daughter. And he's like, oh. Oh, no. This isn't supposed to happen. She's like, no, it's not. Now, the question is, how do we fix this problem? He's like, well, uh, what if we, you know, just gave her back? Kansas is like, yeah, that's a good idea. Um,. And so they wake Marley up. Cancer's like, "I am so sorry on my husband's behalf. We did not mean any harm. Please do not kill us." And Marley's like, "I get it. You, it this is your universe. It's what we get for even coming here." And so they go off, and they're gonna like try and find Melanie. Cause Marley's like, "Yeah, Melanie's here too, but I don't know where she is." And so they, they go off of trying to find her. Well, this is when Shock and Locust are heading over to. Kanzler and Cradmus's house with Melanie and I'm like okay so this is what we're gonna do and so Kanzler, Cradmus, and Marley walk out the front door, close it, lock it behind them and you know all this stuff and so they're about halfway just so they're away from the house, off the lawn, off the property, all that jazz and so they're starting to walk away and then they run into Locusts and Chuck and Melanie, and they're like, what are you <gasps> Melanie? And so Locus and Shock are like, what are you <gasps> Marley? And so they actually start fighting because they think that the other abducted Melanie or Marley, depending on who we're thinking about. And <sighs> Well, they, when they start fighting, Marley just wanders over to Melanie, and she's like, hey, I, we gotta go, and Melanie's like, please, I'm very stressed out, I don't like this place, there's a lot of darkness here, and frankly, I feel sick, and I want to go home. I miss James, which is her husband, because, you know, they're like, 27. Um, well, she's technically 28, Melanie is. Um... No, you know what? She's 26. No, she's 28. We're gonna keep it at 28. And so, Riley's like, alright, let's go. And so, she knows now that, oh yeah, this is the horror universe, so now they can get back home. So they get back home, and when they leave, (laughs) Locus and Shock are still fighting with Kravmas and Kanzler, and then like, Locus and Kanzler just kinda realize that like, oh, they're gone. They must have gone home and then just walk away. And so then, (laughs) Krasmus and Shot both give each other, like, I'm watching you gestures and looks, and, (laughs) um, the, (laughs) uh, that's, they both just kind of walk away, and so... Well, that is it. Thank you for listening. Um, I do have an email. Uh, it is pager-14 at gmail.com. Please let me know if you have any comments on there or just ideas yourself. I would love to hear them uh, and just to see, what I, see how I've inspired you. Um, I actually- so this isn't my only podcast. I do run a podcast with myself and a few friends. Um, the first one, and my personal favorite, being Judgment Awaits with me and Ari Urban, or sorry, Logan, Ari Urban and I. Um, it's very fun. I love it. We basically read our twelve-year-old slash middle school grade fanfic. It's Undertale and a bunch of fandoms mashed together. Uh, there is Pokemon, by the way, and um, there's a hint of Gravity Falls. Uh, and then the second one, which <laughs> <laughs> I love it because it's chaotic, is Committed to Memory. Basically, Ari Urban and their friend Lynn explain to me Kingdom Hearts. and so. But the catch is that they can't say any character's name that isn't exclusive to Kingdom Hearts. So they can say Sora's name, but they can't say... Uh, Goofy's name, or Donald's name. It's quite fun. I think it's nice and chaotic. Uh, but yeah, check those guys out in those podcasts, and see you next time!